0: This is with the second pick, Steve Francis, the dauntlessly niche Vancouver Grizzlies basketball podcast. I'm Jeremy Allingham. Today, a small change of pace. We are most certainly still talking professional hoops in Vancouver. But today, we let the big boy and Reef and Chili Pete and yes, even Stu Jackson take a brief rest. A little time on the bench to rest and reflect for the boys. And instead, we're talking Vancouver Bandits basketball. The Vancouver Bandits play out of the Langley Event Center in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Their season begins on May 27th. Their home opener is June 3rd, a Saturday night, against the Calgary Surge. We have tickets to give away to that game. But first, Kyle Julius is the coach and general manager of the Vancouver Bandits. He is a former member of the Canadian men's national basketball team and a stalwart on the Canadian hoop scene. I caught up with him just before practice leading up to the big season ahead. Kyle Julius is the head coach and general manager of the Vancouver Bandits of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, and he joins us now on the pod. Kyle, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, happy to have you here. So let's jump straight to it. Why did you want to jump back to the sideline for the Bandits? I know you were on the sideline in 2020 and took a couple of years off there. Now you're uh, directing the troops once more.
1: Yeah, I, I never wanted to leave. We, we had some good success. Uh, Dylan and I, the president of the Bandits, you know we, we, we built a strong culture in 2020 and we wanted to keep it going. But I had a good job. I was coaching in Taiwan um, and uh, a good situation in Taiwan. The season just overlapped. I just physically couldn't be here in, in BC to do it. So I stayed on as the GM to try and keep that, you know, that core and that culture and, and the values that we kind of had instilled and built. I stayed on as general manager remotely, you know, to try and keep that going. Um, and then now it ended up being about six years in Asia for my family and I. And we were always trying to figure out a way to kind of get back to Canada. and uh, And Dylan and I figured out a way to get back to the sidelines for the bandits here. Uh, it's going to be a huge summer for us. We're hosting the national championships, the tournament, the big tournament at the end of the, of the season here we're hosting. So, uh, yeah, so I'm back. I'm back for those reasons.
0: So tell me about the type of the style of play that you're looking for. You know, I think a lot of people who are hardcore basketball fans in this city may just be coming around to learning about the CEBL and the Vancouver Bandits. If they come out to a game, what kind of style might they be seeing out there?
1: Well, you know, overall the league is really good, Jeremy. It's like really good. You've got at least one player on every team that's been in and out of the NBA at some point. Um, I mean, we got guys on our team this year played for Coach Shashovsky at Duke. We have another guy that played for Bayheim at Syracuse. Another guy that played for Izzo at Michigan State. I mean, we have some really big time uh, athletes, and you know, the rest of the league is the same. So, no matter what. You know, different coaches are going to have different styles, Jeremy, but no matter what happens, you're going to come out and see some very, very high-level basketball. We have the best Canadians uh, throughout the league, Um, the Canadians that, of course, are not in the NBA, but the next best Canadians, uh, they're all very, very good. Um, And my style in particular – I grew up playing hockey. I grew up in northern Ontario, and hockey was my first love, and I bring a lot of that to our team. So we're gritty, we're tough, we're physical, we get after it. And then offensively, we're really fast, and and we love to shoot the three and play with some space and tempo. But we've got a player named Nick Ward uh, who went to Michigan State, big big five man, big strong guy who's a beast on the block. He's a force down there in the post. Uh, So we'll also slow it down and make sure he gets his touches too. So I think our team specifically will have a little bit of everything, but the league in general, I mean, I'm scouting right now, man, and I'm getting nervous, you know, scouting for some of these these other teams. There's some very good players.
0: So in the press release that announced that you were coming back, uh, there's kind of like a big communication point on talking about you as a culture setter. So my question about that is in a, in a season that's only two and a half months, on a squad that will have maybe one or two people returning from last year. How do you go about establishing and setting that culture kind of from the foundational point up?
1: My coaching career for the last 10 years, I've pretty much been in either a new country or a new league every three or four four years. So, I've, And I've always kind of been hired to build cultures. Um, when I took over the Bandits, they were in last place. And then that very season, we went to the finals. So what I try and do is find guys that I know want to play the way that i want to play want to carry themselves the way that i i want i want them to carry themselves and that's kind of half the battle um if you go if i recruit a soft player who's only here for the paycheck and just wants to have fun uh we won't get along and the culture won't be enhanced or it won't advance so we're looking for culture guys that will enhance and and, you know and push our culture forward so recruiting is the first thing and then i try and spend a lot of time with with players individually throughout this process and uh, kind of push them and mold them and gear them towards, you know, playing the way that we want to play as a whole. But I think if you recruit properly, a lot of that is done for you, you know, the players themselves. Like we recruit guys that are tough, that want to get to the next level, that are hungry. And then when you have a group of guys like that in a locker room, you'll you'll find that they kind of start to coach themselves a little bit. So the first answer, the, the answer to that question, the first part is really recruiting. And then the second one is like, a bit of an accountability process and kind of being a hard on them and, and, and building a relationship with them. So a little bit of everything, but for sure recruiting what we call in our culture, you know, dogs, guys that just want to get after it. And they're, they're loyal to the game. They're loyal to, to, to themselves as far as getting better, those types of players, they're great teammates. And then normally you can push a culture forward with those types of guys.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about some of those dogs and uh, you know, just give me some quick hits on these guys. Talk about, Talk about alex campbell i was going to talk about alex campbell
1: for sure i mean first of all i think it was four years ago the year before i came to the ce bill he was mvp canadian mvp of the league he, he's a dog like in every sense of the word and when when we call a guy a dog i know maybe to some people non-basketball fans or whatever it sounds a little, you know, a little bit crazy but to us it's like the, one of the highest you know forms of a compliment you can give and um, he's an outstanding teammate he takes incredible care of his body he's a worker like elite shooter he shoots career 38 39 percent from three if you look at bandit's games over the last couple of years he's always making big shots you can start him take him off the bench you name it he he wants to he wants to contribute and uh he'll be a captain for us uh jeremy so yeah alex is definitely one of our dogs that and I, he's not here yet uh, he's not he's not in bc yet but he's coming soon and we're excited about working with him.
0: tell me about dj stewart
1: Yeah, DJ Stewart, young, 21 years old, you know, one of the best freshmen in the ACC at Duke uh, three years ago, played for Coach Krzyzewski, was a top 20 high school player in America. Um, He has big time potential athletically, uh, ability wise, in my opinion, could play in the NBA tomorrow night. Um, But, you know, that's a tough road to get through. There's a lot of ups and downs. He left college early. So we're trying to help him become a more complete pro. Uh, We're trying to help him build on, you know, what he's already established as a player. You look at his G league numbers, they're outstanding for a couple of years. So I think he's going to be a fan favorite. He's the type of guy too, that I think you can kind of give the ball to and let him do his thing a little bit, let him play a little bit, you know, let him play with some freedom. Really excited about DJ. Nice.
0: Let's talk about a couple of the local boys here. Then what about uh, Brian Wallach out of Surrey,
1: man? I'm so impressed with Brian. You know, I didn't really know about him before this season. This guy is a specimen. Like, this guy is an animal. His body, the way he trains and takes care of himself, you watch him at UBC, he's an energy guy but completes plays, finishes plays. He's like – I call him right now, I call him J.J. Watt, man. He looks like he should be a tight end at the NFL. He's he's like 6'7", 245, like big boy, can jump physical. Uh, You know what? People don't know he doesn't really do it too much at UBC, but he can shoot the three. He's an interesting piece. I'm excited about having him as our, our U sports player, development player, because he still has another year of university at UBC. So if I'm a BC basketball person or a UBC fan, I'm excited about Brian Wallach for sure. JJ Watt, man.
0: Well, let's move on uh, to a couple of the interesting tidbits about the CEBL that people might not know about. Um, let's talk about the Elam ending. Like what, how does that, I mean... First of all, tell us about it. What it is, and how that figures into how you approach a game heading into the waning moments of the fourth quarter.
1: Well, in a nutshell, it's way better for the fans. Something exciting. It's an additional piece for the fans. Um, to explain it, as soon as the game reaches the, uh, as soon as there's four minutes left in the game, you know, uh, after the next whistle, no matter what it is—a basket or a foul or an out of bounds or a turnover or whatever. Um, we take nine points and we add it to the lead score. So if I'm beating you, you know, eighty-one eighty with four minutes left, whistle blows. Now it's the first to nine, right? So I got to get, I got to get nine. You got to get ten, and it makes it super interesting. If you if you do research on it, um, it was designed for comebacks. It was designed to you know create a comeback. In fact, I think we have completed the best comeback in the history so far of the cpbo i think we were down 14 plus nine so like 23 24 points and we won the game going uh the semifinals to get to the finals it was incredible because it really changes the way you play for example in a regular basketball game if i'm up 10 with three four minutes left i could probably not score another basket and win the game right if i get some stops and if i'm conservative take a few good shots maybe get to the foul line once or twice I could probably still win. Right. Most, most, in most cases, but not anymore with the Elon, I still have to score another nine. And, you know, even in big leads where you would probably put your bench on a little bit, maybe rest, you know, your main guys, you know, play one of your development players. Now you just got to leave your main guys out there because you got to get another nine points before the other team gets their nine or maybe more, whatever, if you were up or down. Right. So it's incredibly exciting. Um, even if you're down 10 or 15 and the other team only needs nine and now you need 25, it's not impossible, right? A couple of threes, a couple of stops, you're back in it. The uh, offense, the team that's leading, they start to get nervous. They start to get tight. They take some bad shots because they want to end it quick. So it's an incredible, it's an incredible way to finish a game. You're, you almost always get this, you know, game winning basket, game winning, you know, play game winning shot, whatever. And, uh, as a coach, a lot of coaches don't love it, right, because it takes away that strategy and, you know, how you normally finish a game with all your, you know, game-ending plays and so on. But but for the fans, it's amazing because as a general manager the last couple of years, you know, I watched it, right? I watched all these games and I wasn't on the sidelines. And it is. It's nerve-wracking, uh, but it's an incredible idea for the fans. And I, it's picked up in different places. And I see. I think you'll see it, you know, pick up around the world even in some other leagues.
0: Yeah, so I guess uh, almost no garbage time and no uh, ticky-tacky foul game at the end, eh?
1: And that's really the idea behind it. The invention was exactly that.
0: Okay. And then tell me about um, the opportunity for teams from the CEBL to play in the Basketball Champions League Americas, like the the connection with like North, Central, and South America and that basketball world.
1: It's pretty amazing. It's a, an incredible idea. If you, if you look at leagues around the world, there's always international play right every team just like soccer and every team plays in a cup or not every team but most teams and leagues they'll, they'll play in an international competition uh canada has never had that ever and so the cebl being able to do that with uh, the tournament of americas and the teams in, in south south america which are full of great teams and great leagues has been really cool so yeah now the champion of our league gets to compete in that in that uh, cup um, in the following or the, the proceeding summer, I mean, excuse me, in, in the proceeding basketball season. So it's pretty cool. Uh,
0: so now tell me also, you bench, you've already alluded to this, and I think it's kind of a big deal that people should know about is that we here in Metro Vancouver, and I guess specifically Langley are hosting the, the finals based ostensibly the final four, I guess, of the CEBL. Tell us about that opportunity and the fact that, uh, Vancouver gets an automatic berth there.
1: We get an automatic birth. We don't want the automatic birth. We want to earn it. Like we talk about that with our guys and our staff every day. But there will be a major basketball festival here in Langley. It'll be the top four teams in the C E B L. Um and they'll be playing for that championship. They turn it into an incredible weekend. Uh concerts, uh, entertainment, the games themselves. Um, it's it's really special. And you know, we I think Dylan, our president, Dylan Coolar. Done an amazing job of, of connecting uh, the communities, all the different communities surrounding Langley, you know, the metropolitan, you know, the Greater Vancouver area, uh, and and also to just all these different companies and, and the sponsorships that that he's been able to build the fan base, so to speak. Um, we're rewarded now. You know, we get to host it, and I think it's really cool. It's valuable, um, and we want to be there, Jeremy. With the without the automatic birth, we want to earn one of those four spots, and, and that's our goal. With that's our goal, and and I uh, I think. The fans are gonna get great games throughout the year, but I think that'll be a special weekend at the end for sure.
0: You're talking about the Metro Vancouver region, and I did want to ask you about your impression of Metro Vancouver as a hoops region. You know, our podcast has some level of success because of the people who are, like ourselves, who were kids when the Grizzlies came to town, and it kind of like blew up basketball in a very specific way to the point now where when you see the BC uh, high school boys championship, it's kind of like sold out through the weekend. It's always been a popular sport, but you know when I talked to the former owner of the Vancouver Grizzlies, Arthur Griffiths, he said if he had the opportunity to start either with a hockey team from scratch or an NBA team from scratch, he'd take hoops. So I'm curious if you see that, uh, you know, as far as Vancouver's was- as having that kind of hoops DNA at this point.
1: Yeah, big big time. I I was here this year. Uh, I came to check out, to check everything out in March, and I was here for the the high school championships, and I was blown away, like literally blown away. In fact, I went to a grade nine, I guess the grade nine, you know, championships that they have, and it was packed, and it was unbelievable. I I couldn't believe I was, like, fully immersed and into, like, a grade nine basketball game. I've been coaching pro for, you know, the last 10 years, and I was into that, and I was – i've been i've been not i've been shocked to say the least at how how well uh the the game is received here from a cultural standpoint like through high schools and the appetite for the game through the youth here i think it's really really good i think there's a lot of work to be done i think we have to be realistic you know i i come from uh the toronto area went to high school in the toronto area uh, and you know in, in montreal there were there, where they're pumping out nba players left, right, and center, and I think with the right approach in Vancouver, there's the appetite, there's the structure, there's the culture here, there's the history. I think Vancouver can, can start to do that, and I think and people in Van- the Vancouver area and the people in the basketball community should want to do that, and I think it's here for that. And I think the Bandits can help, uh, for sure, but yeah, the the appetite for the game in, in the metro Vancouver area, like just around the region is, is fantastic. It's obvious. I mean, you're getting, I think there was like 7,000 people at that high school final. It was incredible. That, that tells you a lot tells you a lot
0: okay well i won't i won't keep you too much longer but i would be remiss if i didn't uh tap into you know the theme of our podcast which is remembering the vancouver grizzlies obviously you're an ontario guy so i don't know if it's like raptors or bust or like damon stoudemire world or whatever it is but what if anything do you remember as kind of like an elite basketball player of our beloved and terrible vancouver grizzlies in the six years that they were here
1: yeah i I remember i know i was young at that time um you know, I've never been a, a Raptors or bust or anything like that. My my household is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, you know, fans, my parents fans and everyone. I know, I know. I'm not. Trust me. I, I ask them every year why. Why? But, you know, what I remember from what I remember from the Grizzlies is when I was young, I would participate in a lot of, you know, um, provincial tournaments and things like that, where, you know, Ontario would play B.C. and and I remember all the B.C. kids, you know, being proud grizzly fans right and so to touch on the theme of your podcast i don't really have any favorite players or I, or guys i remember i remember as a young kid meeting you know blue edwards at a um, at a a uh, uh, camp or something once and i re- and now i just found out that his son is actually playing in the cebl at some point oh. i heard uh, yeah somebody was telling me so maybe we could connect back on that or you guys could look into it but i think that connects you know to, to the grizzlies there the cebl for sure don't quote me on it but i'm pretty sure that you'll hear that name and edwards come out on one of the teams in the near future um but yeah what i do remember is being on the national team uh being being on the provincial teams playing in those tournaments and having the bc guys being so proud of the grizzlies and that tells you a lot right and guys are repping their teams and, and their regions and the cities and stuff so yeah definitely like you said it definitely boosted the game and it obviously people are still fans of it i have a grizzlies t-shirt too that i love that i think is really cool you know um and vintage and yeah so i think uh it would be there's no question that there's a strong appetite here jeremy in the area for the pro game and i think if if people come out to a bandits game it's definitely not the nba but it is not far off i'm telling you right now
0: awesome well kyle thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today and we'll most definitely be seeing you down at the langley events center this season good luck with it
1: Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.
0: Kyle Julius is the head coach and general manager of the Vancouver Bandits of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. The Bandits tip off their 2023 season on Saturday, May 27th against the Winnipeg sea Bears in Winnipeg. Their home opener, and it's going to be a big one, is Saturday, June 3rd. They're taking on the Calgary Surge, and we have tickets to give away to that game. I'm told it's likely to sell out, so these are hot tickets. Go to our Twitter feed at with the underscore second pick. That's with the underscore second pick, and follow the directions on our pinned tweet to enter. Good luck, and thanks for listening. We'll be back breaking down Grizz versus Jazz very soon. Talk to you then.